world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain, in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Special show today. It's Gun for Hire Radio, but today we're going to call it Knife for Hire Radio. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Knife for Hire Radio, episode 428. We have special guests that flew in from Arizona because they're busy traversing across the entire country fighting for our rights every single day. I have Doug and Sue Ritter from KnifeRights.org on the show. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. You guys good? Yeah. We're great. Good. How do you like the New York metropolitan area? What are you uh, carrying? <laughs> are you carrying a toenail clipper? No, I'm ca- I'm carrying a real knife because I can now. Okay, because after, you after, won. Yes, after nine years, we won. So <clears> if, <throat> if you don't know, we've been strong advocates of knife rights. It's got to be six or seven years now since Evan Knappen introduced me to these guys and the Blade Show. And uh, Sandy and I, we obviously, you know, we go down every year and tape the show in Atlanta at Blade. And we hang out with these guys, and I've become a, a strong advocate, a supporter, because if you support the NRA for your gun rights, uh, you should be supporting uh, knife rights, because they're a small, uh, agile unit with their lobbyists and uh, the way they mobilize. And let's let's review how many states, how many laws, how many. What just give people a little taste of what you've done in what ten years? So since 2010. Okay, nine years. Nine, nine years. Uh, we have repealed knife bans uh, with 31 bills enacted in 22 states in nine years. In nine years. Nine 31 years. bills in 22 states. The one that brings the most to me is New York. And a lot of people don't know about the New York City thing. They, they uh, People have heard tidbits and they say, don't carry your gun, uh, your knife. <laughs> <laughs> don't carry yeah. your knife with the clip yeah, exposed, the clip. obviously. Right. Put it in your pocket or whatever. Th- tell us, give us the journey, okay? And then you can tell us about how knife rights, its inception, everything. But I think the New York case is really important that uh, you should go, <coughs> off, <laughs> go over that with us. I just tried back. to boost uh, Doug's uh, knife and he wasn't having it. No, he wasn't happy. So, so um, back in 2010, Cyrus Vance Jr., Ugh. the district attorney of New York County, uh, started a pogrom, if you will, against knife owners. Um, and they came up with this uh, ridiculous theory that if you could wrist flick, what they call wrist flick a knife open that that knife, that folding knife, was now a illegal gravity knife. Um, over the course of the last nine years, they have arrested and prosecuted over 70,000 people. 70,000 people. <laughs> okay, and, uh, and, and this is not a parking ticket. This yeah. is a potential right. year in yeah. jail. Right. And, and even worse, um, the, 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 the utterly disgusting part of an already disgusting situation 
is if you had a prior, they would upgrade it to a felony. So someone who had a misdemeanor uh, conviction 20 or 30 years ago and got caught carrying his pocket knife, literally some of those guys were sent up the river for five or six years. Oh my God. Um, and some of them are still there, even now that we've solved the problem. Um, so it was, a, it was a terrible problem. Uh, Cyrus Vance basically extorted over $2.5 million from uh, retailers by threatening to prosecute them and but no if you uh, if you pay us money we won't actually prosecute like Paragon Sports Paragon, Paragon. Sports yes. was yeah. the, was the largest but uh, Home Depot a bunch of, I Home mean, Depot Home because Depot. Home Depot is selling killing tools <laughs> right Home Depot is selling utility blades yeah, right. yeah. and knives pe- people aren't going into Home Depot to buy a Hogue knife or well they do no. have some but they're not going to buy knives that we have you know, Brian right. Ty or anything right. like that. Right. I, I've gone to Home Depot F- and buy folding stuff. Folding utility. A folding, folding utility. utility. Which, by the way, an anti-firearms, anti-Second Amendment federal district judge had already ruled was not a was gra- not illegal gravity, gravity knife. knife. But because it was district court and not appeals court, that's not a precedent. And so Cyrus Vance was able to ignore it. 70,000 people's lives ruined. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so what happened? So tell us, give us the the entire journey. So obviously this ticked you off. Um, yes. Well, just like starting knife rights, apparently pissing Doug off is a good way to get get my attention. Welcome so, to my yeah. world. Yeah. Um, so we decided that the answer was to take the city of New York, the largest city in the country, um, to federal court over this unconstitutional violation. Not a Second Amendment unconstitutional violation, even though theoretically it would be, but we settled on void for vagueness unconstitutionality because there's really, there was no way that anybody could tell whether their knife was illegal. Um, and, And the most illustrative point in the entire case came at the, uh, at the second trial at the district court where um, uh, Dan Rather Jr., yes, the son of that Dan Rather. So it was mm-hmm. basically the attack of the junior, Cyrus Vance Jr. and Dan Rather Jr. So <laughs> Attack yeah. of the juniors. Yeah. So, so Dan Rather Jr. Get, is on the stand, and uh, our attorney, Dan Schmutter, who you know well. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Dan, Dan is, uh, is uh, going through the process and say so so let me get this right somebody goes into paragon sports and they want to buy a folding knife and they try to wrist flick it open and it doesn't open is that a legal knife to buy dan rather jr says well perhaps he should try it again just (laughs) to make sure double check and and so dan says okay so the customer tries it again he still can't open it. Is that a legal knife for him to buy? Dan Rather Jr. is, yes, that's not a gravity knife. So And walks him through the next step. So he steps out the door and is confronted by a New York City police officer who pulls the knife out of his pocket and wrist flicks it open. Hmm. Is that a legal knife or an illegal gravity knife? Oh, that's an illegal gravity knife. He gets to go to jail. That is the utter absurdity of what was going on. Oh my god. There was yeah. literally no way. Yeah. Um, Everything was vague. So, so we we, determined. we 
we went to court over this. Uh, we we actually went to district court level twice because the first time the judge tried to dismiss the case on standing, and we got a of course. we got yeah. a unanimous decision on appeal. Okay, which decision, by the way, has been used in a number of Second Amendment cases where has been cited in a number of Second Amendment cases where standing has been used to try to get the case dismissed. So. Yay for us. We really are the second front in the defense of the Second Amendment. Um, and then at trial, for the first time in the history of this country, a district court judge had true gravity knives in the courtroom and actually handled one and opened one. And then ruled against us on a cockamamie ruling that just was asinine. Um, which really impacts your feelings about our entire system of justice when something so obvious, uh, obviously wrong, uh, a judge can get around having to deal with it by coming up with some cockamamie ruling. Um, so in the meantime, while this is all going on, and this is taking years, years. and dollars and years, years and dollars, um, uh, Assemblyman, Assemblymember Dan Court uh, from New York City Manhattan um, got interested in, in the issue and started working the legislative side of well let's solve this problem legislatively which is normally how we approach things but when we started this there was no way the legislature was interested in doing anything I mean they're anti self-defense by law-abiding citizens they're, they're just anti everything yes. it's yeah. New York yeah. um, so we started working the legislative side at the same time that we were going forward with the litigation side. Um, in 2016, we finally put together a coalition um, after some great articles by John Campbell in the Village Voice and some others, you know, really brought this issue to the fore. That workmen and people in the uh, honest Trains. working people yeah. were going to jail and some of them were going up the river um, and that passed the in 2016 it passed with one nay vote or three nay votes in the assembly and one nay vote in the senate and the governor vetoed it of course of course so now no almost, a, almost complete majority not, and he vetoed it and not only did he oppose his uh, his legislature you have to understand and this is probably very hard for all your normal listeners to comprehend but supporting this bill the NRA the Legal Aid Society the ACLU the NAACP now how many times do you see a bill supported by that <laughs> no, combination that, that broad uh, of, of things and and the reason is you know, for those of us who support the Second Amendment, this is, you know, a Second Amendment issue. Sure. But for everyone else, it's a criminal justice reform issue. It's their constituents, it's their members who are being arrested. The arrests in New York City, 85% of the people arrested and prosecuted under this scheme were persons of color. Wow, 85%. 85%. 85%. Yeah. yeah. Which so happens in the firearms you know, as well. You know, our our yes. lawsuit continues. We're working our way through the appeals process. Um, 
in 2017, um, we came up with Dan Court with another bill addressing some of the issues that the government or the that governor. the governor um, raised in his, his veto statement. Um, that passed with one nay vote in the assembly and one nay vote in the Senate, so virtually unanimous. Um, and he again vetoed, vetoed it. On the Some very last day, so he, veto, he vetoed it. So he vetoed it. So uh, when, when I talk about tenacity and perseverance and that's how we get things done, it really is true. You know, sometimes it takes a while. Um, so we continued our efforts at court. Um, we ended up losing at the appeals court. Um, and then we uh, petitioned to the Supreme Court um, because the, while the, the appeals court wouldn't rule on the merits, they gave us a decision that actually gave us a great opening for a case at the Supreme Court. Um, a case which would have been, if the Supreme Court took it and we won, would have been a huge win not just for New Yorkers in our case, but would have been a huge win for the Second Amendment where they try to use vagueness issues to try to get rid of cases. So um, in the meantime, uh, it, this year, 2019, uh, Assemblymember Court introduced yet another bill. Third one. A yeah, third bill. He, and, and this he's one... Been this, this, he, he's been tenacious, too. He's incredibly tenacious. This, this bill basically eliminated gravity the word gravity knives from everywhere except for the definition. So there was a definition for gravity knives, but no place would there be anything that said they were illegal. So basically Great. repealed the ban on gravity knives. Um, this time it passed unanimously in both houses. Hmm. Okay? So we have unanimous passage and we have us going to the Supreme Court with a case that could stand the Second Amendment community in very good stead. The governor had to either sign or veto or let the bill become law two weeks before the decision would be made at conference whether our case would be heard. So now he's between a rock and a hard spot. Do I want to take the chance that the Supreme Court hears this case and says, yes, you're right, or do I just want to sign this bill that now repeals the ban on gravity knives entirely? In hopes of mooting the case. And we won. We won. He signed it. He, he signed, signed it. it. Finally. So, so you, Finally. You, can, you can now legally carry a folding knife or a real gravity knife in New York City, but you cannot still yet carry it exposed. So you can't clip it to your pocket. It still has to be completely concealed. That is a local New York City ordinance. So the clip we are itself is considering it exposed? Yes. Well, if, if, the, if you have the clip and it's sitting on the pocket, you can see the top of the knife. Okay. And they consider That's that exposed. So it's almost like a printing New, of New a York City is the only city in the country that requires you to carry your under-four-inch bladed right. knife concealed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as to it's not offend. totally the opposite. As to not offend. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and if you, if, you re if you read the introduction to, to, the, uh, to, to that 
portion of of the city code it it talks about how you know people will be fearful because people are walking around with exposed knives it's it's crazy but it's new york city i get to repeat myself so now the case that was before the supreme court was dropped because of that it was uh it was they they chose not to take the case because essentially it was mooted um and you know they have ten thousand cases to choose from and take a hundred and some so, but if there wasn't a very good chance they were going to take that chase, he would have vetoed it. He would have vetoed. Yeah. Okay. So that's what pushed him over the edge. Because he has armed state police, plain clothes and right. uniform, twenty four seven. You know, he's a legacy, Harpo Cuomo. He's he's he has his dad and everybody, so they're entrenched in the machine. So he doesn't need. Right. Uh, a knife. He never. He doesn't. God well, forbid. Uh, she open a box or I was going to say. I was going to say. I'm sure that. he doesn't open a box. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. James. Yeah. Correct. James opened that box for right. me. Right. It has packing tape on it. It sticks to my fingers. Sorry, I can't do it. Anyway, for the folks in in New York, I just want you to know, um, we had a little uh, victory celebration this week with Dan Court and a lot of the people who who worked on this. That's why you're here. Journeys. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our our friends from from Legal Aid Society who work so hard on this. Yeah. Um. So so two things. One is uh, we're already working to try to get rid of this ban on pocket on knives clipped clips. to your thing. Now you know uh, hopefully it won't take another nine years. But if it does, we'll be around fighting. Hopefully. Um. And and and. DA Vance is trying to vacate a decision. Yeah, say we're not done yet. In <laughs> another case related to this, that uh, Knife Rights and Legal Aid Society just filed a joint amicus brief um, last Monday. Um, so the fight continues in New York. Meanwhile, we've you know nine years in New York, and in the meantime, we've gotten thirty-one bills and twenty-two states stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But now and defeated eight bills in six days. New York is a city. Right now, we have the transportation law in New York, where they're trying to change the administrative code to render the Supreme Court case moot. Right. And so it's and almost the same thing. That yeah. And well, that's a six-year pursuit with the New York State Rifle and Pistol yeah. and the NRA trying to get right. that passed. Okay. That's, ladies and gentlemen, that's you can't leave the five boroughs with your handguns. Okay, right. that's not unconstitutional. No, not at all. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and we have an issue with the, with the the MTA code as well because that is a, a local code, and on buses and MTA subways, you cannot carry a gravity knife. Still, still. still. But still. what's a gravity knife? Without the wrist flick test, is it a traditional gravity knife, which are rare and right. so the wrist flick the, the the wrist flick can't be used anymore. Well, unless ugh, <laughs> so no, it's the same as guns. So the city and the DA uh. both stipulated to the Supreme Court in briefs that they would no longer use the wrist flick test. Okay, period. Okay, so if they do, then you go to court and say, uh, they told the Supreme Court they weren't going to, and so that should take care of that. So we're less concerned about that and more concerned about the fact that um, what kind of tests are they going to use? Are they going to come up with some other 
crazy weird test as opposed to a real gravity knife which everyone in the knife community understands to be an out the front knife where the blade literally falls out when you release the lock and if you point it up it falls back in when we come back from break I'm going to do some housekeeping, and I want to talk about the flick test, the wrist flick test, because uh, you know, Dan can pretty much kill uh, any knife out the there. Master oh, the flicker. master yes. flicker. I want to yes. talk about that. Master what a title. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're out. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick, but just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. Do not forget about Shooter's Gauntlet. Uh, we got Bob Ramo out there in Monroe Town, PA. Shoot out to 1,500 yards or from a zip line or mm-hmm. out of a helicopter. Still in so need of a helicopter. Yes, he needs a helicopter a hull. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's helicopter is for sale. It's at <laughs> eight. Imagine it's at, that. Yes, it has two couches, four and four. It's worth eight million. He's selling it for three million. I'd like to start it and lift him and chop his head off with it. 
and then give it to Bob Ramo for Shooter's Gauntlet. Uh, but that's just power me. Washer he's hoping to get bail for $100 million, so he's raising cash, that uh, scum. See, now that's somebody that Cyrus Vance probably took money from. I'm sure. If we were to research it, because he's one of the good guys. Follow the money. <clears throat> so don't forget about Shooter's Gauntlet. Do not forget, if you listen to this nine-year struggle, with Knife Rights, go on their website, yes. knifefrights.org, and you should make a donation. If you're a gun owner or a knife owner, if you live in the New York metropolitan area and you want to go to city and you want to carry a knife, you can thank them for not getting locked up or being one of the 70,000 people or the 22 that have been other locked states. up. The 22 other states, they're all flyover states. I'm talking about where we <laughs> live in Canada, okay? I'm, t- I'm talking and about... Comes the I'm talking Look, about... address it to him, because I'm tired of it. You can, it you can send the mail to knifrights.org, and Doug and Sue will forward it to me, okay? With loving kisses. <laughs> He's never... He, he considers Pennsylvania okay, to be the Okay, here's the deal. Midwest. I love that Doug and Knife Rights get a win in Tennessee, but I expect <laughs> a win in Tennessee because they... They have they have the chutzpah, they have the push there. To get a win in New York City is is the strongest That's win you can possibly that, get. You're right. You're absolutely All right? right. So I expect him to get 31 wins in 21 states over the past 9 or 10 years. But if you live in Tennessee, good. join Knife Rights. Yeah, exactly. Well, still, because what if you travel to New York? That's right. People want to go to the city, it's and they're still hey, fighting t- it. Tennessee took a... Couple years. It was not nearly as easy as you think it was. See, (laughs) he knows it. He knows it all. And we're going to talk later. Our Texas. learning is going to be Texas. Texas was bad. You fought hard in Texas. Oh, we'll talk about that. Oh, Texas. We've been there. Well, they only three meet sessions. every two years. They meet every other year, so oh. six years, but three sessions, and we still have leftovers to take care of. Oh in Texas. Did you know, t- until last year, you couldn't carry legally carry a Bowie knife in Texas? You know, Jim Bowie. Jim Bowie from Texas. So you people out there, <laughs> move to Texas. Don't stay in New Jersey. See, stand and well, fight. Well, because they all moved from Brooklyn to Texas. And they were scared and they of knives. their shit with them. <laughs> so it's just the way it is. So everybody out there listening, they would use this gravity flick test where basically you flick your arm and your wrist and open the knife. This one's this one's easy. Doug's knife <laughs> opened up really easy. Some of them. What do you expect if he's what he's carrying? No, but, the Chinese but, yeah. no, but some of them. Can, <laughs> no, I'm carrying a Doug Ritter RSK Mark One G2. There you go. Nice. I'm supposed to have one of these, I think. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, you, you actually do have one coming. I have one coming. Okay. See? He brought Hogue over and showed me the knife I'm gonna get. <laughs> then he took a thousand dollar check from me and I was standing all alone in the aisle. Dude, I went over to talk to Daniel good. Winkler, and you're not talking if he is. Oh yeah. Okay. Winkler? I had a conversation with one of the axes. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say and you might as well just talk to the axe. I love his stuff, but yes. you know, talking's not his strong suit. He'd rather be in front of an anvil and a as forge. Bad as Brian. Like oh, Brian Nagul from uh, Sharper by Design. Oh by the God. way, Brian, donate a knife for next year. So listen. So here's the <laughs> here's the flick test. I'm, I'm, I got him. Here's what would happen. A cop would come up. They'd see the clip. They'd go to flick the knife. It wouldn't flick. They'd bring a second cop over. It wouldn't flick. They'd bring a third cop over. It. Before you know it, the whole precinct was out there. What can you there. bench press? Come yeah, over here. And they bring, am I right? So so one one of our. Plaintiffs, because of course you have to have plaintiffs when you have a lawsuit. One of our plaintiffs has showed his benchmade knife to two different uh, NYPD officers and asked them, "Is this legal?" And neither one of them could wrist flick it open. And so they said, "Yeah, sure." And a couple months later, 
cop stops him. Rich flicks the knife open on the third try. Locked him up. Yep. And 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 that's the thing. Uh, on the stand, Dan Rather Jr. or excuse me, in deposition, Dan Rather Jr. admitted that there was no limit to the number of attempts. So, <laughs> so a conga line can form. <laughs> yes. Of cops. But 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 even but this 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 plaintiff, the reason they stopped him was because he had a clip. What was the clip for his Mont Blanc fountain pen? And then oh and they God. said, but officer. I do have a knife, assuming that two police officers had already said, oh, yeah, there's no problem with this. And he literally, he was carrying it properly, took it out of his pocket, and showed it to him, his bench-made knife. Bingo. Wrist flick. There he goes. There is is nobody that you explain what was going on in New York to that doesn't shake their head and go, no (laughs) way. You got to be kidding. Nobody would do this. And and the liberal politicians talk about prison reform, about lowering sentences for like small insignificant crimes. No criminal intent. Mont right. Blanc pen clip in your pocket, right. and now you're locked up because the knife that was in your pocket legally could be flicked by the third officer. So, but how, somehow this makes sense. But Ed, they're cut from the same mold. We had the Senate president of New Jersey sitting right in, the, in your chair, Doug. Lucky you. Who she said <coughs> she, she's about the most anti-gun person in, her, in, her, in, in the world, and her son comes here to shoot. Figures. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she. When we posed the New Jersey law to her, it was about over the magazine ban. You couldn't, they were going to become illegal at midnight, and yet you couldn't destroy them, get rid of them, transport them. And I'm like, what do you do? Eat it? What, what, what's the option left? Put it through your paper and she, so I said, you realize, she goes, that can't be. It is. <laughs> you sponsored the bill. You sponsored the bill. And she goes, well, we'll just let the courts fight it out. And that's oh. the attitude that they have. Yeah. We just write the laws, she said. We'll let the courts decide. You know, and, and that's why, um, you know, we ha- we've been very successful at working incrementally. Mm. You know, we didn't get all these bad laws overnight. We won't get rid of them all overnight. But sometimes you just have to say no. Right. Because right. what they want to do right. is ba- is it's not a good idea. Just so bad. And 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 when that happens, we say no. We're not going to, you know, if if you won't help us do something good, we're not going to help you do something that right. looks good and and is bad. Yeah. I mean, we're fighting a bill in Congress right now called the Interstate uh, Transport Act uh, that ostensibly is sort of a FOPA for knives. But it leaves out some very, very important protections and therefore is one of those things that will do more harm than good. Mm. It, the optics are good, yeah, so right. everybody wants to support it, but we're not going to support something that in the end is going to be a problem f- where New Jersey, Maryland, New York, where the problems are the worst. Yeah. You can't do yeah. that. You can't sell out your constituency just for the optics of being able to say, oh, we passed something in Congress. This is right. great. Right. You know, you can't do that. Yeah. And you have to fight that kind of stuff. And, you know, some places it's easier than others. You guys are screwed. 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I used to. I'm I very glad I live in Arizona. Yeah, when we lived here, when we lived here, and and I was in regional operations management with a national retail chain, my region had New Jersey, uh, the uh, basically the tri-state area, tri-state region, and so there were days where I would leave my home in Connecticut. I'd drive through New York City to go out to our stores on the island, you know, and then I'd go back home. And then the next day I'd drive from Connecticut and drive, you know, all the way through. I always had a pocket knife on because if boxes came in the back and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd pitch in and help and work with, you know, I'd be, I couldn't do that today. I'd be terrified to do that today. Well, how many people are ignorant to the law? A lot. The majority, I believe. A lot. Yeah. I can't think of of a single person who's called us in the last nine years about getting arrested in New York who said who didn't say something to the effect of I had no idea my pocket knife was illegal right and our response is yeah we get it and neither can anyone else right because no matter what you did it didn't matter if you couldn't risk flick it open if every friend you had couldn't risk flick it open <laughs> if a dozen cops you'd ask to risk lick it open. If the next cop you met could risk lick it open, now you're a criminal. Yeah, if that cop, cop was Dan Schmutters with his, you know, ability to mm-hmm. somehow get all of these knives. The master flicker. The master flicker, our attorney. He has a knife or a cutter that says master flicker on it. I yes. Yeah, we, yes. we uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I've yeah. seen <laughs> it. Yes, yes. So, so, so for whatever reason, our attorney, Dan Schmutter, can wrist lick a knife better than almost anyone else. Um, I'm pretty good at it, and he can open knives that even I can't. And so we're we're in district court, in federal district court, <laughs> with a box of folding knives and gravity knives demonstrating them. I guarantee knowing Schmutter, he sits up it. at night practicing this. Um, uh, you know, it yeah. seems to be something natural. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's He's genetic. a savant. But, huh. but <laughs> he's a nice flicker, <laughs> idiot, savant. savant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, he can, he, if you handed a Victorinox one-hand opening trucker to ninety percent of the people, ninety-nine percent of the people in America, including New York City cop, and asked them to wrist flick that open, they probably couldn't. But and Dan could. Dan can like that. And I can and get he did it up. Right out of I, the box I, I can Victorinox. I can get it open Brand maybe one. one out of ten times. Boom, he gets it open. He yeah. just got the, you know, besides being a really good attorney, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's the master flicker. <laughs> and think about this, you know, we talk about gun Thankfully rights. Thankfully, we weren't talking about, you know, yeah, clubs I know. and stuff. Or think, of, the <laughs> think about uh, Beater, Master Beater. Uh, so, Evan Knappen, Scott Bach, Dan Schmutter, Todd Rathner. Those are the team I'm familiar with. Have you ever worked with David Jensen, too? With knife rights too. David was our first attorney. Okay, Very so short time. you see first how it's time. intertwined between the gun stuff. The, I mean, every NRA committee meeting and board meeting I go, Doug and Sue are there. They're at the NRA annual meeting. They're at Blade Show. They're at Shot Show. Yeah, yeah I hate the, Shot Show. The, look, the, the Second Amendment doesn't say anything about firearms. No, 
It says arms. Yes. Right. You know, knife rights right. is the second front in the defense of the Second Amendment. That's that's right. the line we use right. all the time. Yeah. And it's important and you know, even if you sign up for their newsletter if you're a cheap bastard and you don't want to write a check for a small donation, <laughs> they'll keep you aware of what's going on and what battles are being fought because again, so many people don't know. We've had so many emails from people when we talk about your cases. Every time you send an alert out, I copy and paste it and we discuss it yeah. on the show when it pertains to you know the real states, not the flyover states. And Knight Rights had a win in uh, Wyoming. Yeah. So today's weather is going <laughs> to no, be. No, it was Montana. <laughs> oh, it was Montana. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> no, hey, same thing. So Montana, Democratic governor. Yes. Who's our, running for president? Our staunch <laughs> supporter of that bill was the ACLU. And did you get it passed? Yeah. Yeah. And you won. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. and Steve Bullock, who's running as a, you know for the Democratic, yes, he's signed that bill. But anyway, yeah, he signed and, it and and was presented with his very first switchblade, and that apparently walked around the office. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> nice. You know what kind of idiots we Which raised? Which is great. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what kind of idiots we raised uh, after the s- first Democratic debate or second Democratic debate last week? Cory Booker tweeted that basically the purpose of the debates the media had the debates was to pit the Democrats against each other uh, isn't that a purpose well, of a yeah, debate, a debate. What, what did, what did <laughs> Spartacus <laughs> think a debate was supposed yeah, to be Yeah, uh, that's what they told right? me in high school in debate club <laughs> he you tweeted know? that <laughs> very that it was horrible the that the media at the <laughs> oh, debate oh pitted my. the Democrats <laughs> against <laughs> each <laughs> other they didn't agree with things by the way, he's uh he's polling at a one percent approval rating, which is about one percent ahead of <laughs> Mayor Big Bird De Blasio. <laughs> to race to the bottom, De Blasio late for everything. Typical socialist. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, they're the type. You know what kind of socialist De Blasio is? Where like if you told him. You don't have to come to work anymore because you're just a hindrance. You don't have to come into work. Just come in every two weeks and pick up your checky. But oh, I got to drive in every two weeks to pick <laughs> up my check. That's, that's yeah. 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 Right. Wait a minute. What? Delivery? Direct yeah. deposit? Yeah. I mean, that's come right. on. That's, that's him in a nutshell. Yes. I can't yes. stand him. Now, he's right. he's protesting your win, too, right? Didn't he say they were going to oh. continue locking up people? Uh, his His police commissioner did. Yeah. He's not really a police commissioner, by no, the way. No, we know he that. He allows know cops that. have get in the head with buckets, water poured yeah. on no, them, no. and everything, um, and defends the criminals. So. They, 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 they did say that they were going to continue to enforce the gravity knife ban on mm-hmm. the trains, but they're not going to use the wrist flick test. So, we're the so assumption oh, is yeah. that means they're, they're, unless they're it's an actual gravity knife, like a gravity knife is everywhere else in the world, you're okay. So give us probably. Most you're, an, you're an engineer. Because I am not a lawyer and not giving but, legal advice. But you're an engineer. And you've designed knives and you've worked with Aston Martin and everybody. I actually pay attention to you when you talk like 40% of the time. Uh, <laughs> so, so I got, I got some more of that. More than he does you? More than you pay attention Sorry. to him, That's, Sue. Yeah. You have selective That's hearing with your husband. No, no, no. Men fake listening. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> What is that beeping? No, women, I don't know. I've been hearing that. It's all. you. It's not me. It's make it, Doug, is your pacemaker acting up? <laughs> Did you design your own pacemaker, Doug? He 
he's an engineer. I not only designed it, I cut it open. And he my installed chest it. open with my own knife and installed it. it. it, it <laughs> it's our, oh. our mysterious person oh, you sitting Cut it us. out. So, <laughs> so an engineer, our, our knife designer... <laughs> Uh, how did how did you start doing this? Let, let share the story because this is your baby, one hundred percent. It was I New mean, York again. Okay. So, h- what made you wake up one day and say, "I've had enough. I'm going to start this organization and work my ass off for no money and get aggravated twenty four seven? There had to be an epiphany, and I want to know what it is. The Wall Street Journal. Okay. Uh, in in August of two thousand six. July. Uh, Yes, dear. Yes, dear. <laughs> yes, dear. You're right. Good job. <laughs> 45 years on the track. <laughs> That's a lie. There's two ways to argue with a woman. Neither one works. Okay. There's hope for you yet. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> no, no. no, there's not. So, so, so in July of 2006, um, a... a uh, Headline article in the on top of the B page about evil tactical knives, and imagine your readers should have no trouble imagining the worst article ever written about evil assault rifles. Total BS, total hyperbole. Um. Really, the Wall Street Journal ought to have been embarrassed by it. Um, and, I, and I'll tell a little short story after this, but I had an epiphany. Okay. There was no NRA for knife owners. Mm-hmm. There was there there was an industry association that occasionally did something reactionary. In other words, someone would try to do something bad about a knife law and they would react. But there was no proactive, aggressive, grassroots organization that was going to make sure that we didn't end up like Europe, where yes, most right. of the knives that we carry right. every day are right. illegal. Yep. And um, apparently, if you piss Doug off enough, he goes off and does <laughs> something about it. Um, and I decided to start Knife Rights. And that was in 2006. It, it took us a few years to get our our, our legs underneath us. Um, uh, actually, the Obama administration did us the favor of trying to redefine what a switchblade was uh, to include assisted opening knives. And as a result of that, uh, we worked with the NRA and NSSF and the Industry Association and got Congress to pass the fifth exemption to the Federal Switchblade Act, um, which protected those knives. Um, that got us started. And looking back on it, it's like, I can't believe we actually accomplished that. Because now, I mean, I was naive then. Now I know what it takes to get something through Congress. Yeah. I still can't believe we did that. Right. But we did. And that launched us um, and gave us the credibility we needed to start in 2010 working on uh, first in New Hampshire, the first repeal of, of a switchblade ban in the entire history of the country. Yeah, because Evan Knappen lives there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had to help you with that, I'll bet. Uh, he was certainly a help. <laughs> but, but you know, we, we were the ones who went there, raised the funds, got the lobbyists. Knifewrights.org. Send money, cheap bastards. 
For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids, and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids, and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Do not forget the Cheeseman Gillard case. Go on their Fund Me page. Their case is proceeding in New Jersey. Please check it out. Restore Carry NJ and uh, go fund me. Go and check out the Cheeseman Gillard case, self-funded case. David Jensen is the lead attorney on that one. couple of things. Everybody's thinking uh, ANGRPC and NRA aren't doing anything with our MAGBAN case. Well, we have right now concealed carry case. We have our Rogers case parked at the Supreme Court. We have the NRA backed Gould case from Massachusetts parked at the Supreme Court. We have the ANJRP, uh, uh, New Jersey, New York State Rifle and Pistol NRA case that was granted cert by the Supreme Court. There's three big things going on in the mm. East Coast right now, all at the Supreme level, all state association and NRA backed and funded. Now, in New Jersey, this is from ANJRPC. Earlier this week, the lower federal court assigned to ANJRPC's legal challenge to New Jersey's magazine ban <coughs> upheld the ban. 
That ban on magazines that could hold over 10 rounds went into effect December uh, 10th last year and turned over a million law-abiding citizens into criminals. While the decision was disappointing, it was not unexpected, and it actually moves the case more quickly toward its ultimate intended destination, the U.S. Supreme Court. A copy of the lower court's decision is on the ANJRPC website. Ignoring that the decision is the first step in a much longer planned journey, the, the state of New Jersey and the media ran a wild story claiming that ANJRPC had been dealt a crippling blow. In fact, the blow was anything but crippling and enables the appeals phase of the case. The posture of the case can be summed up with this headline from BearingArms.com. New Jersey gun group to state. See you in your mag ban at the Supreme Court. So do not believe the spin. Scott also gave me a statement to read real quick. He says, Scott Bach, uh, Executive Vice, uh, yeah, Executive Director, ANJRPC, NRA board member. NRA has always been a target in the media and by hostile government officials, but the narrative has turned unusually brutal lately, and the same gun owners are starting to fall for the spin. ANJRPC Executive Director Scott Bach separates fact from fiction in an inside report published on AmmoLand.com. Go and check it out. It's a great article. He covers a lot of stuff. Remember, you know, I'm going to get crap from people out there saying we say everybody's a, a Bloomberg troll or whatnot. But remember where the majority of this media is coming from. Mm -hmm. The majority is coming from because they do not want Trump to win in 2020. And unity and activism is key and we have to stick together and we have to fight because if we don't we're surely going to lose. Now Doug is a different position. He might not have the funds and the staff that the NRA has but he has the agility that a big organization has and probably sometimes you you're not vilified like NRA knife rights sounds different you know oh, everybody it's, it's totally NRA. It's, to it's totally different that's why we get support from the other side yeah. of the aisle right. all correct in, ACLU, in all these say ACLU yeah. NAACP right. you know we, we we it it is it is so different um what's what's sort of ironic is the arguments are very similar, but it's okay if we're talking about pocket knives, and it's not okay if you're talking yeah. about firearms. They're tools. Um, but but you know we're okay because we're you know we can't fix that part of the debate, but the part that we can fix, we are full steam ahead and going to continue doing. Yeah. Um, one thing about the, the the Wall Street Journal article I wanted to add. So every once in a while, I'll get a call from a uh, a writer who writes for the Wall Street Journal, um, wanting to do an article about knife rights because they read about our successes and oh, this sounds like an interesting article I could write. And I send them to read the original article, and I never hear from them again because the Wall Street Journal is not going to run an article about the association that they basically started. Yes. Yes. By an embarrassingly bad piece You're of journalism. You're doing God's yeah. work. So, so Doug, resources. He doesn't pay well. No. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, well, you get up and breathe every morning, and True. you know that's you're up, payment. right? That's payment. Which is why you at had our to move age, from that's payment. To Arizona. <laughs> oh, we're from Arizona. So, <laughs> so let's talk about uh, people don't know the laws. 
the best resources uh, to find the laws, whether it's books, apps, online, obviously kniferights.org. So I'm traveling from here, and I'm going to California. Now, I'm assuming in my head California is just as bad as New York and New Jersey. Would I be assuming right? No. See? Yeah. So right. we need to be educated right. in that. Right. So where, where would I go? What's, what's the easiest things to do uh, to, to ensure? I know you have an app. I have the app on my iPhone. It's called the Legal Blade. The Legal Blade. Legal and it Blade also works for on Android. Androids and iPhones. Um, it lists all the laws um, for all 50 states and the District of Columbia and about 50 major cities, um, as well as giving you links to where you can dig out the laws in a local municipal code, uh, the two major code directories. Um, so, you know, the other alternatives are, for example, um, you know, Evan's book. Yeah, you know, great. Nice great laws. Book. Great um, book. Uh, my, my, one of my goals in life is to try to make his book as obsolete as I can. <laughs> <laughs> right, make it one page. Yeah. Hi, thanks to kniferights.org, there are no knife laws. Um, but, you know, the since, history of knife si laws. Since, since that book was published two years ago, you know, we've gotten rid of knife bans in a number of states, including states that some people would have never thought. I mean, besides the gravity knife ban in New York City, I mean, or in New York, um, you know, we got switchblades legal in Illinois. In Illinois. Who, who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? With a FOIA card. But, yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, I'm, you know, when... So if I have a firearms ID card, we call it New Jersey, you can carry a switchblade in Illinois. Chicago, yeah. too? No, because no. they don't have preemption. Oh, okay. Okay, so preemption... I'm... Preemption has been an important part of firearms and Second Amendment computing. The NRA started with preemption years, mm -hmm. 30 years, years ago under mm -hmm. LaPierre and Marion Hammer. So True. Um, mm -hmm. there, there was no knife law preemption in the states until we got started. In 2010, we passed the first knife law preemption bill in Arizona. So what that does is basically say there's only one law about knives in a state with preemption. If you know the state law, there can't be any local laws more restrictive than that. And that's a key element of what we do. We've passed preemption in uh, 11 states so far. So, we've, you know, we've got a few more to go. 30 years ago, when uh, Marion Hammer started at first in Florida, with her, LaPierre, and a few other people, they ended up getting almost 40 states to pass preemption laws because it was easier than getting a gun law passed. Right, but, sure. You know, and now you, that planted the seeds, which is Doug is doing the same thing here. Doug, what's it cost to join KnifeRights.org? $32. What? For the whole year? Oh, for the whole God, year. $32 for the whole year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. 60 cent a week. Yeah. And cheap bastards. He can do math, spend, too. Yeah. <laughs> spend spend $3,000 to buy a knife. Right. Go to the show. Spend right. five grand to play. And everybody you listen, especially you guys, you know how much stuff you have and your wife yeah, doesn't know what it right. costs. Yeah. Because well, you told her you bought a home Well, number one, it's all going to be sold. When you're dead, yeah. it's sold at the garage sale yeah. for like four bucks. Yeah. Next, 
Because that's what you told her you paid for. Yeah, exactly. Estate sale. There's a gun range in the Midwest that when you go buy a gun, for $5 extra, they will print you out a receipt with any total you want. Oh, really? Yes. All right. There's been a time, a few times in a few fine retail stores. I, I wish they would have done that for the yes. suit. You got to pay. You got to yeah. pay cash, I, I obviously. Yeah. But you know, right. Doug walks out. And, yeah, yeah, with eleven ninety five. Look, deal. You leave it on the table yeah. with the receipt on right. the first time you've ever done that yeah. in your right. life, right? Exactly right. Yeah. For you, she'll know it was a scam. What a receipt right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That's so thirty two dollars. Thirty two dollars to join. So everybody listening. This 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 makes a great gift too. Yes. You know you can buy three memberships for a hundred dollars. You can buy one for yourself, one for your friend, one for the coworker that you've been kissing his ass because you want to raise or whatever. I don't care what it is, but <laughs> spread the wealth for a hundred dollars. Right. This is nothing to think about it. Listen to all the cases that they've been working on. Nine years. I don't even want to know what the New York City case. Well, you know it's funny. Every time I think years. we c- we can add that up. It keeps going because right. I'm curious at this right. point, and you know it's it's done through memberships and also through you know donations. Yes. I mean, you know, Doug and I beg a lot. Yes, and, and there's no reason why you can't leave something in your will also for night friends. That's too. correct. We've had a few people starting to do that, but um, especially you if know, you're we terminally are, ill, we I really need a daily influx of cash. I mean, this, yeah. this sure. all right. takes right. exactly money. The lights have Lots to go on money. every Excuse single me, day. Excuse me, Madam X. Well, can and, you and give our, me one of those travel. Books, the blue books. I mean, right. I, you know, right. I I do. You know, I and our lobbyists both do about a hundred thousand miles a year. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes it's very much, and, at, you know, at the and, last time. Uh, legislation work and litigation work. Yeah. Um, and travel was expensive. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, but we if, talked if about you, Texas. You know, part part of the secret of our success is we show up. Yes. Right. Right. We don't exactly. write letters. Right. Right. We don't make, right. you know, send text. Exactly. We show up. And testify and work, and work, work the, the halls. halls and testify. And that's and what it takes. That's yeah. what it takes to get things done, as you know. Yeah. Yes, um, uh, you, you do have it to be here active. in your state. Um, they hate, but me. we do I it. Love we, it. <laughs> but we do it throughout the entire country. So it's interesting you brought up preemption because this is a great book. It's out of print, and I had a bunch printed up by David Cole. It's called Engines of Liberty. This guy was the uh, legal director for the ACLU, and there's an entire chapter here about the NRA, and a big part of it is about preemption. So that's for you. Oh, well, thank you. You're awesome. very welcome. Awesome. So listen to me. Doug and Sue Ritter came out from Arizona. Celebrate a nine-year victory in New York that's still not over. KnifeRights.org, $32 a year. They're always looking for donations. Knife makers out there, Bill Barrett, Sharp by Design, Brian Nagul, they also need knives because they run this thing once a year. They launch it, and uh, we need your help. So please support those who support you. Check them out. Go on their website. Get educated. Download the app, support them, and this way you won't get locked up. You won't be one of the 70,000 in New York. We have them to thank. Say goodbye, guys. Thank Thank you you so much. So much much fun. Well, looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a kind of thing media production. The music used in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Listen, you cheap bastards. 
32 bucks a year. Is that right, Sue? Thirty-two dollars? Did I get that right? Thirty-two dollars for an entire year. And like Doug said, they're the second front of the second, you know, amendment fight in this in the United States. So you really I mean, what they get done on the knife right side could definitely be used on the fine side. And it was nothing in the Constitution that said we were gun. We love you guys. See you next week.